Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hello and welcome to After Extra Time, your weekly footballing podcast. We are back again and I am your host Jack and this week I am just got one co-host with me and that is uh, the Welsh one. Uh, if people knew who it was, they'd watch that Facebook live but no, it's uh, aka the famous one, aka the Welsh one, Mr Adam Green. How are you mate? Alright mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good mate, I'm all good. Good. Where, where's the Millwall one? I don't know, mate. He's yeah. too busy watching Burnley Palace, I think. Yeah, I think he is, mate. Yeah, he's too busy. Oh well, he's missing out on a good on a good show tonight. Then Jack. he is. Yeah, you're looking forward to uh, our special guest later as well. Yeah, that'd be decent, wouldn't it? Yeah, I shan't uh, give too much away at this current stage, but yeah, he's a uh, yeah. he's a man that scored a lot of goals. Football, mm, league. nice goal machine. Yeah, he is another one. We, we seem to have quite a lot in the old pod. Yeah, we've got more more goal machines than defenders or something, haven't it? me, mate. I'll try and pick up a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have to get some tips off him. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to ask him, mate. I will. One-to-one, one-to-one sessions. Need something like that. Need more than that. <laughs> hey, actually, Jackie, he, he's playing now, not far from you. He's not, no. Well, we'll have to, like I say, we'll have to go down and have a, have a little after time visit. Yeah, definitely, mate. You'll yeah. have to give us the VIP treatment. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to sign some autographs while we're down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sign I'll sign Jacko's to him if he ain't there. <laughs> uh, we'll crack on then, mate. We'll we'll go sh- yeah. and uh we'll, we'll I'll start with the first game of the weekend uh, in the Premier League and that was uh Chelsea beating Newcastle two 0 Uh yeah. Fairly comfortable for Chelsea, wasn't it? They looked you know, Yeah. No surprise really, Jack, was it the result? Nah, not really. I think Newcastle didn't really offer a lot, really. Um, Chelsea were fairly dominant, wouldn't they? And I think, I think if you're a Chelsea fan, you'd be anything you're disappointed about is the fact they didn't, you know, didn't score more goals. Yeah, yeah, no, that is true. I mean, I thought they would have scored more goals with the lineup they had. Yeah, but I just think they'd take the three. I points. think when we first started the pod and we spoke about Chelsea, I think they're just starting to. Uh, I think I said it last time as well on the last pod. I think they're just starting to click a little bit now. You know, I think they're. 12 games and beating all comps, nine and beating in the Prem. They're just starting to slowly find their feet a little bit. Yeah, they're um, ones to watch, aren't they? They might they might even nick the Prem. Yeah, this that's year. what I was going to ask you. Do you think they've got a genuine chance of winning it this year? Yeah, I think they have, mate. Yeah. yeah. I think you've got to keep a close eye on them. And even Spurs, mate, but I'll probably edge towards Chelsea more. Yeah, well, we'll come on to Spurs in a minute. But yeah, I just think, obviously, I should give it a couple of years, but. I think the way this yeah. season's sort of going, it's quite, you know, up and down and don't know what to expect. But I think if Chelsea keep going the way they are, there's there's no reason why they can't win it this year, you know. They're starting to keep clean sheets, which was a problem for them last season. 
Um, and the, I think the attacking players they've got and the choices they've got is, yeah, it's pretty scary, you know, when you can can afford to obviously ruin the bench. Obviously, Havertz wasn't in the squad, you know, and then you've got Bernie Ziyech, Tammy Abraham, you've, you've, you know, you've got a lot of choices there. Yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, I, mean, I thought uh, Ziyech and Werner would have scored more goals than what they have done at the minute, mate. So I'm a bit surprised there. Yeah, I think... But obviously, it's still working. They're still winning. Yeah, so. I think Werner's just slightly finding his feet still. I know he's got to score quite a few. And then he, he obviously set up Tammy Abraham's goal as well. And I think in terms of Werner, I think he could have probably had a trick on Saturday. So, I mean, mm. you know, I think Ziyech... He played all right. He was quite quiet, but yeah, I can see signs of him becoming a very good player at Chelsea. And I think, like I say, they're they're slowly finding that form and they're starting to click. You know, the clean sheets are happening more regularly. The wins are, you know, they're starting to find form. Um, yeah, definitely. going into the three o'clock game, then obviously Brighton beat Villa two one. Um, I don't know yeah. if you've seen the game, but obviously the main talking point was the the VAR decision right at the end for Villa, which. Got yeah. overturned. What did you make of it? Penalty or not a penalty? Because oh, it's a tough one, Jack. Uh, uh, when he first gave it, I thought, yeah, clear. And then when he brought it back to VAR, yeah, I think it weren't a penalty, mate. After that, yeah, I think I think if Jacko was here, he'd be, be, be groaning and mudging. Yeah, he would, wouldn't he? He'd be all over it. Yeah, he'd be. I don't know how much he likes VAR. He'd be. He'd be. Yeah. Uh, he'd be moaning. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. I, I don't know if it was a pen or not. I just. I think it was a pen. But then it's, yeah. Think, I just think, you, I didn't see much contact in it. No, nah, I just I think he just caught his leg. But yeah, it's 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 a difficult one, isn't it? Fifty fifty can go either way. Yeah, I think it's they're tricky, you know. And I think obviously it's obviously cost Villa right at the end as well, though. So I think, you know, I think the way the game panned out, they'd probably be quite annoyed that they didn't end up getting a point really. Yeah, but good three points for Brighton. Yeah, yeah, Brighton look a solid outfit. I think I touched on it last last season on the pod. I said, you know, Graham Potter's doing a really good job there. They finished in the highest mm. position in the league last season. And I think Brighton are going in the right, the, the right direction, to be honest, mate. I think they've got a really good crop of players and they're playing, you know, a nice style of football, you know, and they're, they're picking results up as well. And, you know, so I, I can't see any uh, any sort of negatives for Brighton at all, really. No, the only thing is, mate, I worry for them on Saturday because they've got Liverpool. Well, there you go. That'll, you know, test for them, isn't it, really? Yeah. So it's a good job to pick the three points yeah, up, I think. Exactly, mate. I think, um, you know, that three points is just definitely needed. You know, they've got a tough game against Liverpool Saturday, so see what they're making. And nice to see Danny Welbeck on the score. Sheet, yeah, absolutely, mate. You know, he's always had his injury. I think whenever he's sort of fit or plays, he scores goals, but it's just a case of keeping him. He's yeah. always. You know, he's not exactly. He always seems to get on a run of scoring goals and then gets a, you know, like an injury and he's out for. But yeah, yeah completely agree with you, mate. Always nice to see players who have been injured and whatnot scoring goals. And yeah, he took his goal really well. Um, and then obviously Spurs. We just obviously touched on them a minute ago about them mm. being candidates to the title. They showed, you know, mm. you know, I think they got a run of fixtures. We said it on the last pod that you know we're going to find out what Spurs are made of, and the first test they got for it, really, and you know. I don't think yeah. City, especially the second half, really troubled Spurs, really. No, it was a comfortable win, I thought, mate. To yeah, be do we do we really have to, you know, bring Spurs into that title candidate question now? Are, are they capable of winning the league? I think we have to bring them in it, Jack. Yeah, I think they're capable. I think Mourinho's found his style now. And uh, I think, yeah, don't count them you out. Know, th- if they're there, if they're still there at Christmas and they're top at Christmas, mate. Yeah, I'll put I, I think <laughs> the only thing that you have to kind of worry about for them again is injuries. You know, I think I said it last. Um, yeah. But yeah, first test that they've had, they've, they've come through it, you know. And like I say, they look fairly comfortable. Mm. Um, second half, City kind of looked sort of like out of ideas. And, you know, you have to worry for City. This is Pep's worst start ever, points-wise, out of all the clubs he's been at. And is he, you know, is he... Well, we spoke about him before, didn't we? Sort of. Is he going to? No, he obviously yeah. signed a two-year deal, but you know, could could he potentially get sacked, really? Uh, I don't think they would, Jack, just because of who he is. What even if... whether he's had a bad start or not? I don't. I don't Surely, think they would. come Christmas time, and they're still struggling to pick points up. You're going to have to 
you know, the squad he's got, the money that's been spent, you don't expect them to be where they are, though. No, that is, I, I totally agree, mate. But then you think, who do you bring in? Like the likes of Guardiola. <sighs> this is true, yeah. I mean, he's a massive, he's a massive name in football. Yeah, but this isn't is it? the thing, though, Greeny. Does does just because he's a big name, he's got a reputation. Do, if he's doing poorly, he's doing poorly, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? It's. Mm. And then looking at it money wise, I know Jacko likes to go down the old money way, but if they sacked him, like Jacko would always say, they'd have to pay him out, Jack. And it would be, a, I should imagine it would be a. Yeah, a big no, win. I see that, especially after him signing a two year deal. But I think it had, if that mm. was someone, say, like, I don't know, you know, like Roy Hodgson or. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'd, they'd be gone. gone. I just think, just in mm. terms of, just because he's a big name, it doesn't mean he should sort of get special treatment I don't think personally no I agree but he's got two easy games coming up next so I think that'll keep him comfortable then Burnley yeah, they... Fulham you wouldn't think they'll drop points to them two seasons well, I, I highly doubt it I mean you know but they, they need the points don't they they need to uh, get back into that top sort of top six top five top yeah yeah I mean, all, all credit, though, mate. It goes to Spurs. I think they had a game plan. Yeah, I think, honestly, mate, I just think they're just really starting to, you know, last year, again, you know, we speak about it a lot in terms of if you're going to win the Premier League title, you've got to be defensively sound. And Spurs weren't last season. Mm. I think that was where sort of they were coming undone. And I think defensive-wise against City, they look very strong. And I think Sissoko, and I'm going to hate to say it, and you're going to laugh at me, but Hoiberg. He yeah, really started to play well for Mourinho, um, and I know I, yeah. I was the first one to criticise him, but you know I'll, I'll happily hold my hands up and say, you know what, he's doing a great job. And I think, as much another player that I dislike, mm. I think Eric Dyer played well on Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Yeah, he did. He had a good yeah. game again. Alderweireld played see. well as well, so I think I think the whole back four actually played quite well. So, yeah, I think. Like, I mean, it's it's good match, mate. I think, isn't it? When it uh, yeah. next week. Spurs, Chelsea, mate. I think that would give us more of an insight. Well, yeah, I think, like you say, we've touched on those two have been potentially teams that can do it. Can, you know, both teams are absolutely flying at the moment on form and whoever wins that or whether it be a draw or, you know, we'll see who turns up, you know. It's a big game for both teams. Mm. Yeah. I mean, who would you fancy more, Jack? Chelsea or Spurs? <sighs> I actually fancy Spurs. Yeah, I just well, I think... I think in, obviously Chelsea have had a little couple of tests and not, but I think the way Harry Kane played on Saturday is a real test for that mm. Chelsea defence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, they didn't really have a test against Newcastle at the weekend. I just think Son, uh, Lucas Moura, Bergman, Bale, Kane, you know, the way they play counter attacking, yeah. quick paced football will really test Chelsea. So that yeah, that'd be a real indication as to whether or not Chelsea have got defensively what it takes to sort of win the Premier League. So, yeah, I, th- I think mm. for me that's the sort of you know it's it's a, it's a real big test early on. You know, we thought Man City would be tough, and you know Spurs have come out of it fairly comfortably. So, you know, you know if they yeah. beat right. Chelsea next week, I think we'll probably be sat here you know in a week's time saying actually, you know, Spurs are starting to really show what they're made, and Mourinho is really starting to work as much. Yeah, I think United fans, mate, would be uh, won't be happy seeing that well, Spurs no, sitting top of the league with Mourinho, jealous, especially after. Well, we'll come oh, on to them. Man U. I'm going to say scrapes. I'm going to say it. I think they scraped past West Brom. Um, I think they look very poor at times. I thought they looked lethargic. They they look just slow, sloppy. I don't know about you, mate. You obviously Man one of your many teams, yeah. but what do you make? <laughs> No, I agree, mate. I think they scraped it. I mean, I, I don't think they deserved it. I thought it was just a look, a look, look again, and they got a penalty again. What was one of the game, Jack? Same as last year. Penalties were winning yeah, them games. I think for me, uh, I know we don't like. To, well, we say we don't like to talk about it. Yeah, we talk about it every week. There uh, are. I think mm. West Brom should have had a penalty, Guarini. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with I that. I don't know well. how he gave it, I, overturned it when he looked at the monitor. I mean. Yeah, Conor Gallagher's been no. clipped by uh, Fernando. You know, he's kicked him on the shin. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think... Yeah, again, you know, I got away with it Yeah, again. I think, just in, quickly in terms of... I know we obviously talk about goalkeepers coming off their line, but do you think, 
and I saw Sam Johnson mm. tweet about it after the game. Obviously, he came off the line, but mm. what do you make of players being able to dummy and sort of dance and run up to the ball? Do you think if a keeper can't come off the line, then a, mm. a player should just be able to hit the ball rather than you know any sort of dummies and stuff? Because it's kind of a little bit unfair on a goalkeeper if he can't come off the line. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I think they shouldn't. Mate. I think it should be one movement only. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. Do you know what I, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So step I back, agree, run straight up. In terms of it's sort of an unfair advantage, and Sam Johnston was just was, you know, reiterating that fact. He was, you know, uh, I felt a bit, I felt I felt West Brom yeah. were a bit hard done by, from being completely honest. Um, oh, I do, mate. I feel there's yeah, yeah. Point, I, I agree. Least. I think, but I mean, I, I don't see no improvement in United, mate. I know they won, but I don't see no improvement in, in any game they play. Yeah, obviously United beat PSG in Leipzig and you thought they'd, you know, change that corner and yeah, like you said, mate, there's been no sort of significant improvement, you know. And they were playing really nice football after that lockdown last season and we thought, you know, United are gonna come to the new season and be, you know, a side that to be feared and they're just caught of you know, they're not that man United of old, are they? You know, where teams used to get battered and get you know, like, do you know what I mean? United are exciting mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. Now, it's, it's like you say, teams don't fear going there. Well, they just... And, like, ball, uh, ball it is, yeah. Yeah. It, and I, I, mate, I don't know how long they're going to give Ollie, but I'd have him out by now. Yeah, no, I, I agree, mate. I just think... I've spoke about it on here before, haven't I? I don't... I think, mm. obviously, he got given the job because he was, you know, sort of United legend, and that's fair enough, and I get that, but I just don't think he's got the pedigree to be a top-flight manager currently. No, I don't. I mean, mate, if I was the chairman now, I'd be thinking... Potch is sitting there without a job. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, mate. I... Get him in. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? 100%, mate. You've got to go all out and get Potch. I think you need... I think he needs to wake up and realise, you know, they're Man United. They've got a huge, huge reputation and, you know, yeah. they won a lot of trophies and at the moment, they're, a lot... they're what? Like mid-table? You know, 12th? Yeah. Oh, I don't know where they are, but... I think they're just above City, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, this is Man United. It's not like a... It's not like a Newcastle or a Fulham or a West Brom. It's not like... Yeah, the ninth, mate. United. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, this mm. team that has won twenty odd Premier League titles. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, and I mean, you could look at a man like Poch without a job, mate. He got Spurs to the bloody Champions League final. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he's got better players at United, mate. I'm sure he can work with him. What he had at Spurs at the time. Yeah, I, I think they've. Got, I think something's got to be done, mate. I mean, if you're struggling to beat West Brom one 0 at home, then. You know. I think, like you said, though, he's a, he's a face for the United and he's Solskjaer, so... Yeah, but I just, for me, I just don't, that doesn't work with me, mate. I think, I, mm. you know, he's, he's had his chance now and for me, he's not really sort of... I don't know. No. Well, it proved that when he was at uh, Cardiff, didn't it? They yeah. got rid of him, you know what I mean? They didn't not get rid of him because it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, mate. He got rid of him. Well, it's all well and good, you know, being a gaffer over in Norway or wherever he was. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you come to, you know, like a you know, a tougher task and he's, yeah, I, I just think for me, I think something needs to change there. It's not, it's not right. Do you, do you think Chelsea would have got rid of Lampard by now if he was in the same rut as what Ollie's in? I, I think they would have kept him, mate. You think they'll keep him as well? I, it, I understand why they're kind of sort of holding on to him, but I just think, yeah, I think it's hard because obviously the fans are sort of loyal to those sort of players because obviously they've played before, but... You know, it's hard to say, you know, I think they would have kept on to him a little bit longer. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, as a manager, it's a results-based business, isn't it? It's not mm. anything else, whether or not it's a club legend or not. It's Yeah, true. You know, but... It's true. Um, moving on to Sunday's games, obviously. Yeah. Um, we'll talk, we'll just briefly talk about, you know, the Everton game. I think Fulham are, yeah. Fulham are in a proper mess, aren't they, really, there? They are, mate. Yeah, I can't see them getting out of it either. Yeah, and um, I think other than that, I think they're probably sort of, you know, favourites to get relegated. I think, and uh, uh, mm. obviously you said it as well last on the last well last season on the pod. Sheffield United yeah. lost again. Yeah, they seem to be really struggling as well. You know, they're not scoring. They literally can't score goals. No, I knew, I knew, I knew they'll struggle this year, mate. Yeah, you were right. It's, it, it, it's all right coming up because you've got that momentum, Jack. But after that one season, mate, I feel that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't I think... buy the right players, you're... that's it. It's gone, mate. Yeah. Momentum's gone. You know, they spent all that money on Real Brewster as well and he's sort of flopped. And 
Yeah, you know, totally agree. They're short, yeah, I just I don't know where a goal's going to come from, you know. No, but Goldrick and no prolific goal scorer, is it? No, neither is McBurney either, really. They're both sort of... No. no. Billy Sharp, I don't really get a look in that often. No, I think he's sort of run his race in the Premier League, and, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, it's a shame, but there we go. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to touch too much on the Arsenal game, Leeds game. I don't think... I think maybe no. Leeds probably will be sort of kicking themselves to win the game, you know. He didn't take their chances and stuff as well, but yeah... Mm. Obviously, one that you probably... I don't know if you want to talk about or not, but obviously, <laughs> Leicester lost yeah. 3-0 to obviously Liverpool. You know, yeah. what do you make of it? Well, mate, people are saying Leicester were poor. Now, there was in some respect, but they played some good stuff against another team at Sheffield or something. They probably would have beat you with the chances we had. But Liverpool, different class. I have to get it to Liverpool, mate. Eight key players out and they still pull out a performance like that. It's mental, mate. Absolute mental. Yeah, I think obviously the record they've got at home as well, it's mm. ridiculous, you know. Um, if, it, if it weren't for Schmeichel though, Jack, it could have been eight or nine. Yeah, I just, I just don't. I think Liverpool, I said it before, and I think Liverpool have got a real good chance of winning the league again. I think even with all these injuries, mate, I think they're still, you know, everyone says look at all these injuries, but you look at the squad they put out, mate, it was still, do you know what I mean? Right, it was that, still fairly mm, strong, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it was. Do you know what I mean? It weren't like a, it weren't no average team. It was it was still fairly strong, and I think that, that's why I don't get why Leicester didn't attack them more, mate. With the back line, they had a makeshift back line. I thought well, they yeah, I think went at them, but they didn't. Yeah, I think it's it's hard. I know what you mean, mate. When teams obviously want to sit back and kind of soak up pressure, but then at the same time you've got to have a go. I have a go. That's it, teams. Mate. Yeah, you're, you're sitting back at Anfield, mate. There's only one thing: what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. I agree. I think you know, this, especially with the the changes at the back line for them. But mm. it's uh, yeah, I just think you know, Liverpool's still got a massive chance of winning the league. I think yeah, the way yeah. the way they're going, and you know, I just I think the momentum with them as well, even with all those changes and missing players and stuff. Yeah, I agree, mate. Totally agree. Yeah, let's um, we'll quickly have a little drop down to the championship. I don't want to talk massively about all the games and that. Obviously, Derby lost again, so <laughs> you know I'm sure Jacko don't want to talk. Well, if he was here, he doesn't want to talk about Millwall. You know, won the up and ended up one all. And yeah. obviously, if people had watched our um, Facebook <laughs> live, uh, yeah, came back to bite us on the arse, and obviously Keith Moore scored. Do you know what? I've never celebrated a goal as much as that goal, Jack. <laughs> I was like, get in there, you know what I mean? Luckily, I loved it, mate. luckily he was playing Millwall, not Derby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I see Keith and Wolf, they come up for happy days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, that might be a reason why he ain't on here, mate. Well, it might be, yeah. He just he sat there with his tail between his legs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, obviously, we've got new league leaders in the Championship mm. and we've got two top two and we've obviously got Norm. Norway, Norwich, yeah. <laughs> Norwich and Bournemouth as your top two. Um, obviously, two teams that got relegated last season. Are we? Would you say you're surprised in that now after you know so many games for the ten nine games in? I am, mate. To be fair, I mean Norwich are just pulling out like one nil wind all the time. Well, yeah, but obviously they're seeing games out, aren't they? Yeah, they got a massive three points at the weekend. Actually, you know Middlesbrough. Um, yeah, I think. Obviously, it's it's not a tough place to go, and their their defensive record is if it's not the best in the league, it's up there. Uh, yeah, they've been really good. At, obviously, they don't score too many goals, but they obviously don't concede too many goals. But yeah, it was, that's a big win at the weekend for them. And obviously, same with Bournemouth. Actually, you know, they were two 0 down against Reading. Yeah, and obviously came back to win four two. But I think you and Jack, obviously, I think we spoke about it before on the podcast. The Bournemouth manager, mm. um, he seems to be doing a good job, Greening. You know. He does bit me on the arse. Yeah, and Jacko's yeah. got me back. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I, mate, I was in the I same camp as you. Yeah, mate, I was in the same camp as you. I didn't watch cop because obviously he ain't got much pedigree and stuff. But mm. you know, he seems to be doing a job at the minute. Bournemouth seems to be absolutely flying. Thing is, though, mate, if he if he goes up, I really can't see him doing much in the prem as a gaffer. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, can he mm. can he do it in the prem? Can he can he get the players to the prem? Can, will they have money to spend? You know, it's all. If some buts, you know, it's still early days yet. Running what sort of nine, ten games in the championship, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing a good job so far. To be fair to him, yeah, yeah, fair play. We'll take a trip over to Scotland, mate. Back up, up there, yeah, 
Yeah, let's go to Scotland then. Yeah, Rangers won again. Uh, Celtic yeah. dropped points again. Are they, you know, Rangers sit 11 points clear. Are Celtic in massive trouble now for that 10 in a row? Yeah, I think so, mate. I, I, to be fair, I'd like to see Rangers win. Yeah, no. The SPL I this year. It's about time, I think. I think, I don't, do you know what? I feel Celtic's gone backwards since Rogers left. Well, this is this leads on to my following question, mate. Is is it time for Neil Lennon to go? Is it get sacked or? Yeah, I think so, mate. I mean, look, he's been there once. They got rid of him. Why bring him back? Yeah. So, I mean, I know he had a success there, but you know, it's a lot to come from what Rogers done to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I it's... think in terms of Rangers, I think it's brilliant to see him doing well, considering how obviously they got dropped down with all that trouble they had yeah. and, and I think Gerard's actually shown what he can do as a gaffer I know it's obviously a sort of two or race in that league but you saw how well mm-hmm. they did in Europa League last season um, mm-hmm. you know you got them to the quarterfinals obviously they're, they're going quite well in the group at the minute they're 11 points clear their record's ridiculous I think I don't think they lost the game yet this season no they haven't lost the game mate and I'm I'm thinking in their goal difference, mate, is is outrageous. Thirty eight goals plus goal difference. That's what I mean. They're keeping clean sheets of fun, and I know they're obviously some yeah. of the teams they're playing aren't great, but yeah, mate. But they've considered three goals in the SPL. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've... In in fifteen games, I think that's incredible. Yeah, I think, like you say, mate. I think it's. I think this, you know, surely if Rangers somehow lose the title from there, you you, you know will be sort of shocked. Do you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, I think the, the, the decider again is obviously. Uh, when they play Celtic again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think. I mean, surely the way both teams are going at the minute, though, you you put Rangers as favourites down to win that one. I would have thought so, mate. Personally, yeah. On form. Yeah, definitely. Can agree, mate. More. And then, obviously, uh, just to sort of finish this off, mate. I think in terms of uh, just before we came on to do this podcast, obviously we had some uh, sort of breakthrough in the news and. If you are a tier three, uh, well, I say tier three place or area, you're allowed four thousand fans into stadiums, and if you're in tier two, you're allowed two thousand. Yeah. So what 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 sort of news that was for us, Greeny? That's it's amazing, isn't it? It is, mate, isn't it? It'd be nice to see fans back in. I mean, does that mean if they let fans in, though, they're going to get rid of all this football on the telly? Because now they're going to say the, the you know the clubs open to take fans. I think that's the downside. It's, yeah, it's good. It's good news. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad news, Jack. But I just mean, are they going to take the games off the telly? Yeah, I think, I think Premier League might stay as it is, maybe for a bit. Mm. Your low league games, obviously, I think they're the sort. Of, well, I say they're the ones that need it more. Obviously, we all need fans, but I yeah. just think, I just think, in terms of everything, it's it's quality, mate. And to to see some sort of fans that. Uh, grounds is going to be amazing I, I can't wait for it I think I might depending on where I am and, or where we are in sort of our tiers I might try and get myself to a game if I'm not playing football as well just to sort of get back into it and you know it's going to be I think it's a start do you know what I mean I think yeah. when we started these podcasts you know well mm. when it came to the lockdown we were like we didn't even know if we were going to get fans back in the ground for this year did we no that's right you know, we were saying the following season, I think if we can try and get some fans in before the end of the year, it'll be a massive boost. I mean, do you feel once the fans are back in, it will, uh, again, results will differ from what we've been seeing or not? Um, maybe in the smaller grounds. Mm. Uh, in your bigger grounds, maybe not so much. But I think it'll obviously have some sort of advantage. Mm. You know, uh, but it's not like having a, a sort of a sold out ground, is it, with that atmosphere? No, that's true. Um, it might have, I think, like you say, smaller grounds, maybe more more effect yeah. or more impact. But I think even in your sort of bigger grounds, you know, some fans is better than none. And yeah, if, we get, if we can get some in, then maybe sort of spring, summertime, just before yeah. the season finishes, who knows? We might have sort of 50% grounds or 75% packed grounds. And, you know, maybe... Well, Jack would be happy, mate, because 2,000, that fills their, their shed, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> he might be getting himself down there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he might well do. Yeah, but yeah, his garden shed. I know one thing. I won't be going to watch Derby anytime soon. <laughs> the way they're going. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, but it's good news, mate. Yeah, it's 
great news. Hopefully, fingers crossed that it gets bigger and bigger, and then again, the whole stadiums are packed out. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, come I don't know. Let's say maybe start of the next season, grounds are mm. back to full capacity. You know, it'll be. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be massive. I think obviously everyone's missed it. Obviously, all the players. I think James the thing Pop- is, though, Jack, I can't, I can't imagine a game now with fans. Do you know what I mean? It's been that long. Yeah, I, no, forgot, I been, forgot what it's like. You know, it's been almost what we're coming up for all about sort of nine months, eight months, nine months, and it's yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's been hard to obviously watch it with no fans, but I think mm. obviously we've got used to it. But I think sort of that. I think we've all. Got, I think everyone can relate that sort of first game back when the ground's packed full will just be electric. Yeah, exactly. I think the atmosphere will be incredible. You know, everyone will be ready for it. The players will be buzzing for it. I think the fans will all be buzzing for it. And yeah, it will just. You know, we'll get there eventually, and you know, I think everyone will be looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. Um, but yeah, obviously, I'll go through all the usual things. Obviously, if you want to email us, you can email Chaco. Even though he doesn't get yeah. the emails, maybe give him an email and ask him why he's not here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's after extra time twenty twenty. Is it at Gmail? It is indeed. Dot com. Yeah. So yeah, hit him up with an email. Give or him if a... it's easy, I can just pass on Jacko's number on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Send him some abuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, send him an email. Follow obviously follow our Facebook page after extra time, Twitter after extra time. For all the latest sort of news and updates on us, and maybe you know, obviously we try and well, we used to do weekly Facebooks, but obviously they're sort of intermittent these days. But yeah, for all our sort of news and guests and stuff, and finding out where you can sort of see all this stuff, yeah, give us a follow, like Facebook, Twitter, tell everyone you know, work colleagues, friends, family, etc. You know, just share the message, share the pod, pass the pod. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to part two of this uh, podcast with a special guest, Greeny. Yeah, it's going to be good, mate. It's going to be good. It's a big one. Looking forward to it. And uh, I think Jacko's going to be joining us in part two, mate. Ah, special guest. There we go. <laughs> special, special guest and Jacko. Yeah, yeah, we've got a special guest and Jacko. Can't so wait. It'd be nice, no, nice to have Jacko back as well. <laughs> We're the full... uh, just for a bit of controversy, mate. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to part two of your weekly footballing podcast, After Extra Time. And I'm delighted to be joined by once again another special guest, and that is Mr. Craig Mikel Smith. How are you, mate? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I think the boys will uh, back me up and say this is mm. going to be a good one, I think. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. How are you anyway, mate? You good? Yeah, just, just surviving at the moment, obviously, trying to navigate everything that's going on in the world. Um, so yeah, it's hard. I've got two kid, two young kids, so they're at school. So it's yeah, just kind of just juggling everything at the moment. Yeah, because you're obviously playing for Bedford Town now. Is, um, are they? Are you still training? Or I don't. Obviously... No, we can't. We've uh, the our football's been stopped, and um, I think they furloughed the clubs and stuff. So we've we're not allowed to to do anything at this moment in time. We're obviously just waiting on guidance. Really, I think I think it's like December that kind of. The, couple of days into December it's meant to all, it all change hopefully but yeah it's just disappointing that we're we don't get to play it's it's been a weird period really because we've been allowed crowds and allowed to play and then now we're not allowed to play um and the football league is still playing so it's, it's a bit strange but it is what it is yeah I think obviously I play Saturdays but obviously I'm not playing anywhere near that stand but I think we got a message come through saying that we're first game back is December the 12th so I don't if that's you, but obviously, uh, well, that's what we got informed anyway. But how- yeah, hope, hopefully it's like it's then. Obviously, like we just want to get back to it. Like for us, Bedford, we were we were doing really well. So for the for the break to come in, it was it was not good timing really. So it's just um, obviously all the boys now are just trying to keep fit and healthy to kind of get ready for hopefully the, the beginning of December. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How are you? Are you obviously did the club provide anything, or are you? You know, do you go on runs or stuff like that, or are you got like? Yeah, we're doing we're doing our own bits. Obviously, I'm trying to keep on top of it and 
because I'm older now, I can't. It's not like I can just sit around and do nothing, and like I'll, I'll lose it pretty quick. So I'm kind of staying on top of it and doing some kind of gym work and and running. And I think like most of the boys have have, have been asked to to do stuff in and around their their job. So uh, hopefully, it, like everyone puts it in because um, I think we've got a real good good opportunity of of getting promoted this season. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, how obviously. You've obviously played for a lot of football, a lot of football league teams in your career, and obviously you made that step down this year. How has how has that been for you? Is it did you, did you find that hard, or was it easier, or was it just? Uh, it's been hard to be honest. I didn't I didn't think it would be as hard as it has been. Like I think it's it's the fact that I've got no structure to a sense. Um, like being full time, you kind of you got to be in for a certain time. Kind of like breakfast there, the, the facilities of kind of uh physios massages then you train and then you have lunch and then you do a gym session so it's really structured and your week structured um when I was at Wickham it was kind of Monday Tuesday off Wednesday Thursday Friday and a game so it was really really structured now I've got no structure in a sense I train Tuesday evening and a Thursday evening um but kind of the rest of the time it's it's my own time so it's just trying to now I'm just trying to put things together, focus on stuff that I'd like. I'm interested in and want to build uh, like businesses around, and just trying to build some type of structure so I, I don't kind of um, end up kind of staying in bed all day or just sitting on the sofa doing nothing. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, mate. I think every, I think we've had quite a few ex pros on who are obviously in that sort of situation where they're obviously they're at like the retired sort of a year or two years ago, and obviously trying to find that. Like you say that they have had that structure all their life, and then out of nowhere, it's just completely gone, and they're literally left with obviously trying to find something to fill that time, or whether that be businesses or coaching or stuff like that. Has, has coaching ever crossed your mind or anything like that? Or um, it, it has. I, I think for me, I'm, I'm really looking into um, kind of be a bit more niche and do kind of striker coaching, a bit like the superior striker um, guy. That's that's kind of where I want to go. Really, I feel. I don't feel I want to be kind of a so much of a coach and, and be kind of coaching a team. I'd rather coach forwards um, and, and be a bit niche like that. I feel that's something that's really missing um, in football. So that's kind of what I'm spending my kind of my days at the moment focusing on and how I can plan it and where I can take it and and then hopefully maybe I can go into clubs um, and work with their forwards and then do individual stuff. I think that's how I see myself more than actually being in a team and, and doing like specific coaching like that. I think Jack needs that coaching. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm working on myself at the moment, so like once I've worked out everything, I'll, I'll do a few sessions if you want. <laughs> oh, sure, I need them. <laughs> In terms of, uh, we had Brett Pittman on last week or the week before, and I asked him sort of the same sort of questions because he's obviously like yourself. He sort of wherever he's gone, he scored goals. Um, and I asked him, did he ever really, as a child, did he like practice? Obviously, I said to him, what was sort of his thing when he was younger? And he said he just like it could be something as simple as just having someone in goal and you shooting at them for you know hour or two hours. Did you have anything like that when you were younger, or did you just have always had that sort of natural goal scoring ability or nowhere to be in the right place, right time sort of thing? No, I think I think mine was uh, lots and lots of practice. I don't think think it was too natural to an extent I, I could score goals but I just think I, I, I practiced a lot when I was younger uh, like probably a bit like Brett I had a friend and he was a goalie and I'd get him out and we'd just do loads of different shooting from from different areas um, and then as I kind of got older I, I stayed out longer after training and, and practiced and um, I'd watch videos of people and uh, I had a few good coaches I think I had uh, Mark uh, Robson at, at Peterborough is probably one of the best that worked with me and spent uh, uh, like a good hour or so after training, just working on different parts of my game, different finishes, um, and I've always just kind of tried to practice it because because it doesn't come too natural. I think the more I, the practice and the more time I spend doing it, then it feel it feels like it becomes more natural. Yeah, no, I think Brett was sort of the same thing. He just said, obviously, the more obviously like anything in terms of football, the more you practice, obviously, the more it becomes sort of second nature. Um, you mentioned Peterborough there. And obviously your first stint there, I think a lot of people who obviously listen to this podcast will sort of know you from that sort of first stint you had at Peterborough. Just how good was that period in time for you in your career? Oh, it was amazing. It was uh, kind of 
really, really helped define me and, and, and helped me kind of um, improve as a player. I, I came in, I think, at 23 when the, the club was kind of really in the, in the mode of bringing young players out of non-league and, and wanting to, to build something for the future. So I was, I was very lucky. I came out kind of Aaron McLean and, and George Boyd and there's a few others um, which the club brought out and, and we had some real good success over. Uh, I think I was there for four years and we got three promotions um, and I think kind of being around with, with George and Aaron, we, we, we hit it off kind of straight away and um, we just worked really, really well together, which is which is sometimes very hard to find. And obviously we were very successful through that. Yeah, obviously in that time you, well, I'll always remember it. A lot of my mates are sort of Peterborough fans and, you know, obviously I was keeping an eye on Peterborough. But that 2011 uh, playoff final at Old Trafford, just how good was that game to play in? Oh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was It was just... Obviously, we went up against a very, very good Huddersfield team who were who were favourites. They had, they had a fantastic squad at the time, some real, real good experience. I think a couple of ex Premier League players. So we knew it was going to be tough, but we always knew how good we were. Kind of like even when we go behind, we knew we could get back in the game, and we knew we had gold all over the pitch. So it was a, it was a hard fought game, and. To be honest, I probably should have scored two in the first half. I had one that I think was the keeper saved. I think one that I hit the post with. And to be honest, I should have done a lot better. Um, but again, then we were just kind of the way Peterborough was, we'd score one and we'd carry on attacking. And to score kind of three goals in, in seven minutes um, was just a feeling like just scoring the first for us was just was amazing. And then for, for me to get what get on the score sheet, so there was, I think it was a, within a minute of scoring the first one. We it was just kind of like we knew we were we were within touching distance, and then obviously the third went in, and it was just like jubilation. It was just like we knew we'd crossed the line, and it, the next kind of ten minutes was just just fun. Yeah, completely. I think I, I, when we uh, spoke to Brett as well, uh, I asked him about obviously you've obviously had fans sort of in at, um, at Bedford, but obviously in terms of scoring goals when you played for football league clubs. I said to him, did that feeling of scoring goals and celebrating with the fans and that, that buzz you get when you score a goal, did that ever fade for you or was it always every time you scored, you got that buzz again? Yeah, scoring goals, that's like, as a forward, it's kind of what you what you live for. It's that, it's that buzz of scoring goals. It's, there's nothing there's nothing quite like it and it must be really, really difficult uh, in, in the league at the moment for, for players scoring goals because obviously... You, as a forward, you still want to score, whether there's fans or not. But like the the, the reaction you get from the fans and the, the the feeling you get when you score and the crowd roars, it's just there's just nothing like it. So it must be must be really hard um, at the moment. Like I say with our level, we've got fans in, so it, we we still have that that enjoyment and that kind of reaction from the fans. But it's always been like, as a forward, you always want to score. So that's that's that's, that's the, the the thing you thrive on. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. I play up front for my Saturday team, and I think even at our, even at our level, playing on a, like a park or something, we'll, uh, the buzz will never fade for me. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just it's just that it is. You say any any level anywhere that that buzz of scoring a goal, you just can't beat it. Yeah, it literally makes my weekend, mate. And <laughs> if I don't score, I'm the opposite. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Um, just going back to Pete very quickly. They always seem to have a knack. I don't know, obviously, you probably know more than me, but they always seem to, every year, or over the last sort of 10, 15 years, they seem to produce really good strikers who seem to score lots of goals. I don't know whether you have any sort of intel on who they're, like what their scouting system is or where they pick them up, because they always seem to pick sort of really good strikers. You've obviously had yourself, you've got Ivan Tony, who's obviously gone to Brentford, you've got Dembele. They always seem to have someone each year that seems to produce goals for them. Yeah, it's amazing. It is, it is literally a conveyor, but every season that like I think they've had like uh, Connor Washington, British Sumbalonga, Dwight Gale, Jack Marriott. As you say, Ivan Tony. There's just like there has just been an absolute uh, conveyor belt of centre forwards, and I, I think they do the, their due diligence. I think they go around and they watch players and they really like study them. Um, the, the team's always been attacking the chairman, and and that has always wanted the team to be attacking and 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 play. Uh, free flowing football, and I think as a, as a forward that always helps. That's always uh, great if a team you're you're always pushing to score goals, and it's just it's just amazing how that many players, like forward players, have, have kind of come into the club, done really well, and, and then moved on. 
yeah, no, like you say, the list goes on and on, and it's it's incredible that they keep producing. I think they found another one this season as well. Um, when you moved to Brighton, how did you sort of see that period in your career? Because obviously you scored goals and you, you sort of had off patches and then came back again with goals. So how was that for you? Do you feel like that could have gone better or it went well or, you know? Uh, it could have gone a lot better than, than, it, than it did, to be honest. Um, I think I kind of look at it. When I was at Peterborough, I was very, I, I played kind of very naive and fought very naive. I never worried about anything and I never worried about whether I scored or not. And I just enjoyed it and, and played and never put any pressure on myself. And I think that's why I was, I was so successful at Peter because it was, it was never, there was never any pressure like from myself. And then as soon as I joined Brighton, and obviously they paid a lot of money for me. I was the most, the, the most expensive signing ever at that point in time. I think I, I, I kind of became more aware of that, and I, and I, t- and I kind of took the pressure on board of that being that signing, and I'm realizing that I've got to go and score twenty odd goals now, and I've got to drive the team forward and take them to the Premier League. And I think I just took all the pressure of that on on my shoulders, and probably just. Again, should have just been very naive about it, just then carried on playing my football and, and enjoying it. So I think that was a big, a big issue that I had, which I think affected me in the periods of times when I wasn't scoring. I think I, I kind of felt a, a bit kind of like I was letting people down because I, I did, I wasn't doing what they paid me to do. So um, as I said, I think if I felt if I fought a bit, a little bit differently, then I think I probably would have been a, a bit more successful at the club. Do you think that sort of thought process is something that creeps in as you get older? And obviously, when you're younger, you sort of, you know, you're carefree, you just want to play football. Is that sort of like an older sort of thing, or was that always sort of back in your mind? But obviously, you didn't really see it at Peterborough, or was it obviously as you got older and you, you sort of found that pressure more? Or um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I think because um, I think it's because I came into Peterborough and I, it wasn't like I wasn't like the marquee signing, and it was just I was, I was coming into the club and. There was a lot of other players signed at the time, and maybe I just, I just didn't take the pressure on at Peterborough, and I just played, and I, I, I was there for a few years, which allowed me to kind of grow into myself. And then I think maybe Brighton, obviously, and being so close to the Premier League, I was thinking that, that I've got to do everything I can to get the team into the Premier League. They, they paid a lot of money for me, um, and I don't want to let them down. I don't know whether that's just that, whether that was an age thing, or whether that was just. Um, my mentality at the time, whether I'd have, I'd have thought that if I was joined a bigger club, younger from Peterborough, I don't know. It's just I definitely feel that that was a big a big factor in me maybe not producing my best football at Brighton. Yeah, obviously we've obviously spoke about atmospheres and stuff, and just for all the viewers and stuff and listeners, and how in, in terms of you obviously playing for Bedford now, and obviously having obviously I know you've got fans there now and the atmosphere there, but how different is the atmosphere from football league grounds to non-league grounds? Oh, it's, it's, it's huge. Obviously, you, you on a, a football league when you, you, you kind of pull up to the big stadiums, um, especially kind of like most of the, obviously the championship and, and stuff like that, they're, they're huge grounds. You, you kind of going to be playing in front of 25, 30,000 people. It's just, just, Everything about that, that it just makes being a footballer. These are the, the, the kind of what you work for. You work to play at those levels in, in front of those fans, um, and I always loved that. Um, but going down to, to non-league, it's it's great that we've got fans in. Obviously, the, the more fans, it, 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 it's it's more enjoyable. I, I love playing in front of lots and lots of people. Obviously, we're never going to get the thirty thousands, um, but like it's nice to kind of get uh, bigger crowds in there and and kind of feel that buzz when, when the fans are around and watching and, and when the team's doing well and we're winning and scoring goals and it's 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 an enjoyable kind of uh, place to be around. Do you ever get, obviously, you've, I know you've obviously not played too many games, so obviously this season's obviously come to a stop, but so far have you come up against any defenders that have sort of heard, obviously they must know of you, who you are, obviously from teams you played previous, who think, oh, I'm just going to sort of, you know, try and keep lumps out of him. Cause you, <laughs> have you come up against anyone like that? Um, yeah, they, they don't say anything. They just kick me. So, <laughs> it, it, it's just, it, it's just, the, just what it is. I, I, I love that. They, like for me, non-league is amazing because it, it gave me my education in football. I was so, so young. I think when I started playing non-league football, I was sixteen. So it taught me about being kicked and the physicality of it and um, all these different things. And it, it just it obviously it helped me as I grew up and played in the in the football league and it helps me kind of protect myself now and understand what people are going to want to do and obviously like P- 
people may know of me and, and may want to make a little name for themselves and leave one on me. So uh, I understand that and I understand kind of the, the positions I need to get in and, and the positions I, need, I can get into that get me out of danger. So it's it's all fun. I, I enjoy it. Uh, I, I'm still playing and it, it doesn't matter what level I'm playing at. I'm, I, I love playing football and, 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 and love all these, these little things that go with it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Obviously, my two co-hosts are here and obviously I know Jacko obviously probably got some questions, mate. So is there anything you want to add to, to ask Craig? Yeah, it's it's more Millwall related, Craig. <laughs> um, Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. um, what was it? What was the atmosphere like at the Den when you played there? Because I know uh, during your spell at Peterborough, I know Millwall were in League One at the time, and it was a game when I used to go as a fan. It was a game I always hated because no matter what happened the week before, you or Aaron McLean or George Boyd had bagged sort of three goals each or something. <laughs> And I was always concerned you were going to sort of <laughs> run right at the den. What what was the the atmosphere like for you? It was it was always really difficult. I always really found it hard, like at, at playing at, at, at Mill. It was always um, very intense. The, the atmosphere was always very intense. The the crowd were were very vocal and and kind of put a lot of pressure on you. And um, I don't think we performed that well the, the, the times we actually played uh, Mill. I think we, we always found it very, very difficult. And I think that's obviously, it's a great asset for, for Mill. When teams go there, I think a lot of teams kind of do get intimidated by the, the crowd. And, and obviously the, the ground is very, very tight and it's in the emotion, you can feel the, the emotion in, in the ground. So I think that's a, that's a huge kind of benefit that, that Mill have going for them. Yeah. Um, what was your partnership with with Aaron and George like? I know um, Jack's touched on it slightly, but we, was that sort of something that hit off straight away, or was it a case that that built up over your first sort of couple of seasons after moving over from Dagenham, or how, how did it work? I think it was just it was just instantly it's just natural. Like we we played played against each other in in non-league. I think Aaron was at Grays, Boydie was at, at Stevenage, so we knew of each other, and we we played I think in the England. Uh, non-league team together so we kind of understood each other what each other brought to the to the table and that and I just think like we just we just hit it off like we, we were three young lads who, who wanted to to impress wanted to improve wanted to to kind of push each other on and, and be, be the best we can and, and kind of take our careers as, as far as we could um, we spent a lot of time with each other kind of because we were young and we'd all kind of moved to Peterborough we lived within close proximity of each other so we'd kind of train We'd then go back to each other's house and we'd have dinner and then we might go like out for a drink or we might go to the cinema. So we were constantly with each other and, and always like spending social time, which kind of probably give us a great connection on the pitch because we wanted each other to do so well. Yeah, great. Um, the, the last question I have, uh, do you still sort of keep an eye on Peterborough and how well they're doing? Yeah, all the time. Every week, every week I check their the fixtures and check how they're getting on, how the, the, the players they've got there are doing. Um, obviously, I speak to Barry a lot, and when I see him, we talk, we talk about Peterborough and like what what they're doing, how they're doing, what direction they're going in. Um, so I, I, I always keep an eye on them. All the teams I played for, I, I keep an eye on, but yeah. Peterborough uh, was was really really close to my heart, and, and it's the one I, I'm, I'm really really fond of. And as I said, it's it's got a family connection, so it's, I'm always going to have have an interest. Well, it's funny you say that because I know you've played for both Peterborough and Wickham, and obviously at the end of last season there was a, a there was obviously a lot of hoo ha with the <laughs> points per game basis. Um, so, you know, were you in sort of Peterborough's corner or Wickham's corner when the season ended and they sort of went through the playoffs, or were you sort of felt that Peterborough were harsh, harshly done by because of how well they sort of progressed through that season? Because I think when they they broke up at the lockdown, that Peterborough was sort of storming through the table. It was hard, yeah, because obviously, like I've had a, I had a fantastic time at Wickham, and um, Peterborough obviously were really hard done by with 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 the countback. Um, but I think, like looking at statistics with Wickham, they they spent the longest time I think in the top two throughout the whole season. So it wasn't like they didn't deserve to have that opportunity to kind of get into the playoffs. So. Like it, it was hard both sides, but I was I was happy in the sense of with Wickham because I'd, I'd spent the last two seasons there. I knew what the club had been through, uh, like and and how 
well the club had done to get to where they were and, and obviously the dressing room was a, a fantastic dressing room and they'd kind of defied all the odds to to do what they did and then obviously then to go on and actually win win the playoff final was just like something beyond what everyone believed could happen so it, it, it was a fantastic achievement obviously it would have been great for, for Peterborough but I was over the moon for Wickham as well. Can, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll, one final one before I let Greeny carry on. Can you see Peterborough getting up this season with how well they've played? Yeah, I think so. I think they've got a, they've got a good basis of a team. I've, I've looked at the results recently. Obviously, Saturday what didn't go quite so well, but these things happen. Um, but I think they've they started really, really well. Um, I just think, if, obviously, if they can keep Dembele fit and, and Clark Harris and a, and a few others, if they can keep them fit um, and just keep them ticking over and picking up results... Um, I think they've got a real a real opportunity to 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 go and and kind of finish in the top two. Brilliant, thank you. No worries. Greeny, you got any questions, mate? Anything to add? I'm sure you have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of speaking with Craig, obviously in Insta, but um, I'll ask you this one, Craig. Let's <laughs> think about it wisely. <laughs> um, obviously, your international career in the younger days, you played for England C. And then obviously you played you played for Scotland. Now they're together in the national, uh, sorry, in the Euro. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'm lucky. Obviously, I've, I've got I'm, I'm born English and I've got Scottish heritage all like through my family. So I've I've been lucky to to represent uh, both sides, um, which which has been amazing. And obviously to watch Scotland the other night and see them um, break that curse of actually getting to a major tournament was amazing. Like it was just they were so so good. Um, I think they I probably deserved to win it in 90 minutes. Um, so for them to obviously to to win it in penalties was 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 amazing. Um, and obviously for now as well to have to have that group with with England, it's just it's just made it even more special. Hopefully by that time there will be fans allowed in because like that kind of game without fans is just not is not it's going to be good, but it just wouldn't be the same without having the support of those two teams. Um, I think for me, like uh, 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 an exciting four-four draw would be good. Well, no, with the way the England kit's designed, it probably is I mean, half English, half Scottish. <laughs> that, that blue bit on the side, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice there. <laughs> I mean, as well, Craig, um, we spoke um, in first lockdown, you was with Stevenage at the time on loan. Um, after that, obviously, you've now gone to Bedford Town, but was there an option to stay at Stevenage? I know you was on loan. No, no, no not kind of, stay? I think come the end of the season, I think that, that everything that was going on, I think every, every every club really was just, was in a lot of a kind of financial difficulty. They obviously brought in a salary cap in League One and League Two, so that completely... That made it even more difficult to to get in get a league club um, in that period, um, and again into non-league the the kind of the conference and down they were having the same situations, not being able to have fans in and stuff. So financially, I think it's it's rocked a, a lot of clubs through the football league and and non-league. So um, and there, I did try and, and look for, for for clubs in those um, leagues, but it wasn't it wasn't meant to be and. Um, obviously, Bedford um, gave me the opportunity, and we had a good chat. And I liked the plans and where they wanted to go. And ultimately, it's, it's, it's probably worked out well in a sense that I get to play football still and and do what I love. But also now I get time to focus on on my future because maybe I, I might have got another league club and and it'd been another season, and maybe it'd been another season of not focusing on what comes in the future because I'm not young now. I'm 36, so it's not like I've got lots of years left in the game. So. I kind of see it as a blessing in a sense that now it, it actually has kind of forced me out of the, the professional game and, and now it's time to, to really focus on what comes in the future. Yeah, that's decent. I mean, obviously you're saying you're at Bedford Town but would you like to end your career? Oh, yeah, definitely. If I, if I had the opportunity, I'd, I'd love to, to finish it there. It would it would it'd be amazing. Whether that would happen, I, I don't know. I'm, I, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying... What I'm doing at Bedford, I'm hoping that we, we get promoted this season. Uh, I'd like to kind of, I'm, I'm very a bit forward thinking, but I'd like to kind of get them into the conference. That would be be a great aim over the next few years to kind of push them up that way um, and, and see how that goes. Like, but Peter, as I say, was all, it would always be in my heart if anything came from that. That'd be amazing. But I'm, I'm just going to concentrate on what I'm doing and, and let the, the future kind of take care of itself. 
I'm sure us after extra time. <laughs> uh, every, every time I speak to Christmas Christmas dinners and stuff, I just try and put a word in. But I think he feels I'm, I'm too old for that now. <laughs> He'll sort you out. He knows everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, last one before I let Jack finish off, though, Craig. I mean, um, you, again, you, with Bedford, I mean, do you find now that more um, ex-pros pros are dropping down the levels? It, obviously, because they're aging stuff as well, but. Do you feel there is a lot more coming down to that sort of standard now, so it's making a big shout out. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, obviously, with with kind of the the salary cap coming in and stuff like that, it's 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 kind of it's it's forced a lot of very very, very good pros in, into the to the non leagues, um, which is great because obviously the better the the players that come into the non league, the stronger it makes it. The 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 better that the players in this division kind of uh, get better, and and that will obviously help them move into the football league. So. I think it's it's fantastic. There's there's nothing wrong with non league. I think the standard from when I played it in it kind of fifteen years ago or whatever it's twenty years has increased massively. Um I think teams and players take it far more seriously now than they used to. That they all kind of do all their fitness training, um, a lot of them kind of eat right, a lot of them do do all the right things. Because I think over the last fifteen years people have seen that you can play in non-league and you can come out of non-league and go on to do fantastic things like the Jamie Vardy's of, of the world and stuff like that have, have, have done it. And there's a lot more, a lot of um, other younger players um, recently have come out and, and gone into the, into the football league. So um, I think people are taking it more seriously because they realise that they can actually do well in non-league and make a career into the football league. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Matt Jarvis um, not so long ago, and he, obviously he's now dropped into non-league level. And he was saying how it's it's great to play in that sort of um, level, but it's difficult with the players he's got around him as well. So he said he has to adapt his game to their level rather than a level he was. Yeah, playing. I think obviously I mean, we're, we're, we're well. lucky to have to have played with very very good players, and obviously you're on a wavelength, and you all understand that the, kind of the lower you go down, that the players are at that level for for a reason. So it's it is adjusting and it is understanding that. They might not quite be on the wavelength that you're on, but then on the other side, it's, it's it's trying to bring those players along with you and trying to teach them how to be on that wavelength and trying to teach them all the little kind of skills and techniques that uh, you learn in the pro game that obviously then hopefully allows them to to kind of improve as a player and and take their career to the to the next level. Definitely, I've been trying that with Jack. <laughs> I'm a lost sorry. <laughs> I was I was the lost cause from the age of ten. I mean, Jack, I, you know, Jonathan... I'm a Millwall fan. I think that says it all, really. Doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, Jack, do you just want to quickly yeah, finish off? Yeah, I've got one so question. I've asked it to every guest so far. Oh, which, which player was oh, the yeah. best one you played against? Yeah, exactly. It's a good question. The best one I played against. Yeah, or the best one you played with, or uh, both, whichever uh, you want. With it. Best one I played against would probably be. be oh my god. Um, Zavi. So I played against Zavi for Scotland against Spain. So he was he was just technically like frightening. Just can't couldn't get near him. He had like I honestly think he had eyes in the back of his head because he knew every time where I was when I tried to shut him down. How when I was closing him down and then just to watch kind of his touch and his movement and his like he, it was just kind of an exciting thing to be around players of that quality to to see what they actually do and then obviously to see how far you're off of it and what you need to do to, to attain that level. I can't believe you won a penalty. Yeah, but the, the problem was, uh, David Goodwin was so quick, he got to the ball before me and I'm not, I'm, I'm not one of the fighting for the, to take the penalty. Like if he wants to take it, to be fair to him, he, he scored, which was great. Um, and to, I was just enjoying the game, like to, to, to be playing against Spain and the players that they had, like, I would love to have taken that penalty. Don't get me wrong, but I was just, mm. I was just in awe. I was just, I was just enjoying the game so much that it was, it wasn't that a bigger thing to take the penalty. Yeah, that makes sense. To be fair, go on, and Jack. Last no, one. What was it? Best player I played with. Um, oh, uh, a guy called Vicente. Yeah, yeah. He was um, at Brighton. He was only kind of. It's a shame because he was only like you know seventy percent fit really when he he played and trained and and again like Spanish amazing left foot right foot like could go past people had an acceleration 
he was just he was just just joy to be around and watch and again like trying to learn from someone like that I think Real Madrid tried to buy him when he was at Valencia for kind of 34 million so he was a he was a fantastic player and it was just a shame kind of for us at Brighton that he never really got 100% fit because then I think watching him in a in a 100% fit would have just been like something to behold to be honest yeah no just like to say obviously thank you once again for uh coming on Craig and I'm sure maybe once uh you boys are back playing again we'll have to get the Atheridge time boys down to a game at Bedford yeah yeah no definitely yeah no we appreciate you John, mate. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll watch Craig bag a hat trick and just elbow Jack and go that's how he's supposed yeah. to do it <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yeah, thank you for coming on, mate. And obviously, we'll to you for this season, mate. And I hope, obviously, you can get Bedford promoted. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.